Welcome to the Bacon Games Podcast, your source for the latest from the MLB and the NFL. Let's get started with your host, Jesse. Hey, guys, what's up? Back. Long time no talk, right? It's been two weeks uh, since the Kluge podcast. Talking about a few guys that maybe we'll get some mention in today. He was a Bears fan, so we got some Bears news to talk about for sure. Um, but the first thing before we get into football is I want to talk about, because I am I am very partial to baseball. I did grow up playing baseball and stuff, and I, I love playing the game. I didn't love playing the game. I, I love the game. I'll say that. I didn't have a good time when I was like six years old and being um, dragged out to a baseball field, and all I wanted to do was play like, Asian mythology and Rome Total War and all that dumb shit, but anyway, um, I just want to say the lockout is officially over today, Thursday, when I'm recording this podcast, and it is also when it's going to be posted. The lockout is fucking over. Let's go back to baseball. I'm so freaking excited, dude. I said freaking when I curse and say like shit all the time on this fucking podcast, but I'm just, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm trying to contain myself so I don't fucking blow your ears when you listen to this podcast, okay? I'm trying to contain myself best I can, okay? Pinky promise, that's what I'm doing. I was very ecstatic at work. I think people were looking at me like I was fucking weird. But anyway, lockout's over. It's going to be a crazy next few free agency days. I mean, MLB free agency and NFL free agency all in the same week. Bro, this is like fucking Christmas. I'm There's going to be so much material. I like already... And it's also March Madness like is next week too. Like that's when it starts. If this might be the... Next week might be the most insane week of sports that we see. I mean, it'll probably start tonight for sure. I'm surprised it hasn't started already because I think they're supposed to sign the CBA at 6. I'm recording this around like 7-ish. So I'm very surprised that there isn't more movement, unless I just missed it. It's definitely possible I'm missing out on uh, some of the uh, some of the stuff. Right? Agencies, yeah, begun like an hour ago. I mean, were there not like extended talks? I feel like there should be some deals getting um done pretty pretty soon. But yeah, I'm definitely you know willing to be wrong and all that shit. You know, um, we'll see though. We shall see. I'll say that much at least. Um, but anyway. Yeah, uh, so some changes actually happened, which I think is honestly very, very happy. I'm happy that the Players Union got more, especially for minor leaguers and stuff like that, like the, whatever, I think there's only like five send-downs you can do or something like that in a year, and then also there's some, uh, I think, just increase in salary and stuff like that. There's no draft for the international pool, which I think is good because they get big signing bonuses, I, I think. I, I know the Players Union didn't want that, and I'm usually going to side with um, unions over capital. Uh, in in the current United States, the way it's uh, union um, players or organizations or unions don't have nearly as much power as capital owners do. So I'm just I'm pretty much always going to be on the union side for the most part. And I mean, MLB owners are <laughs> insanely rich, and MLB franchises are insanely profitable. I don't know if football and ba- I assume basketball is really profitable too. I assume football is as well, or else p- billionaires probably wouldn't be putting their money in it because I don't think billionaires are generally bad with their money. Maybe they are. Maybe I'm stupid. Maybe they just have too much and they can't spend it all. That's just a lot of speculation on my ha- on my behalf, but man, you're playing top tier athletes who are the point zero 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 one percent of the population. I mean, these skills are ridiculous. They should have a huge collective bargaining power just in a market. Like no one else can do what they can do, and there aren't that many of them, to to be honest. Especially just in the world, because MLB, you know, the Major League Baseball in the United States of America is like the biggest one for sure. I mean, there's obviously like South Korea and Japan and stuff like that for sure. But, I mean, they get like forty five year old Manny Ramirez over there, and we get prime Manny Ramirez. So it's a 
It's a, it's a little different leagues there, I'll say that much. Um, I'll definitely say that much. But anyway, lockout's over. The rules that I love, they, they've gotten rid of all the bad rules, honestly. They expanded the playoffs to 16, which is fucking based. Having five teams, then having them one a, a one-game play-in game for an MLB franchise when you play 162 games in a year is frankly fucking stupid. It's just absolutely fucking stupid. I, I just can't... Like, I, uh, it's just... Mm. <laughs> um, I never understood it. I knew it was a stopgap. I knew it wouldn't last forever. But having five teams, and when playoff teams, well, especially when playoff teams can like win a hundred games, and then like uh, division teams, uh, like win like ninety, and they have a better record, they don't have to do the play-in game. Like, how stupid is that? Three, uh, sixteen playoffs sounds great. I don't know how it's gonna work with six teams. Do two get like a bye, and then we have two in, which I think is totally fine. Or do they do? I don't know, like, maybe there's a bye after that, and, like, all six teams play. I, I, I don't know how it's going to go, but I think there's supposed to be 12 teams in the playoffs, which is good. 14, I think, was too much. <laughs> I think it's too much. Um, I'll say that, I, I think, right? Because if you do... Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Am I stupid? Because it's six in each, right? 16 play shows, so that's three. So that's three games each. Or, or three series each. And so there'd be three winners, and then there'd be three... Yeah, okay, so there should be two. Two buys, I assume. Because seven, you get one buy. I don't know. I, I, that seems okay. I kind of like having the best team, the only one to get a buy. I think that's fine. But seven teams in a playoff, just, that seems that seems like too many. That's like almost half. Like, I, I kind of hate what the NBA does when they have like eight teams. I don't know if that's still the case. I haven't followed the NBA close in like five years. But, um, actually, it's definitely been more than that since college. So it's it's about five years. <laughs> uh, actually, it's, long, it's longer than five years. Fuck, I don't know. Uh, it's seven years or whatever, just about. Anyway, I, I digress on my age and my oldness and all that dumb shit. But anyway, um, I will say I love the Universal DH because I'll take the Universal DH or I'll take no DH. I don't like that one league has it and the other doesn't. That just seemed like a, a correction that need, needs to become. Because, like, how do you judge pitchers in the American League who have to go against a DH rather than... Um, uh, NL pitchers who'd never have to go against DH. That's like another like plus hitter probably that is going to um that you're gonna face as a, as a as um a, a an AL hit, an AL pitcher, which is just seems super unfair. Um, and it also obviously opens up more jobs for only players, which I think is the ML, which is what the you know players association wants. And I agree. I think the DH is better. If I had to choose pitcher or DH, I probably pick DH. I want to see pitchers go through a full lineup, and I want to see more bats in the lineup. Maybe a little bit biased coming from a Mets fan. We have a stacked fucking bench, and Dom is going to be great when he's in the fucking um, when he should be batting DH. He should be playing DH. Like I don't want I don't want Schwarber for the Mets at all. I want I want Dom to never field ever fucking again. I just want to smack the ball every time he gets up. Some motherfucker snaps the ball every time he gets up, and I love it. Anyway, I'm, I'm going a little too hard uh, on that stuff. But yeah, Universal DH they got. They got the playoffs. Um, they eliminate the Ghost Runner uh, after an extra inning stuff, which I think is great. I, I don't... Like, I'm, I'm playing MLB The Show 21 now. I'm having, like, a franchise with Seattle. It's going pretty good. It's been really fun, you know. I got Vidal Bruhan and, you know, Jason Dominguez and fucking Jared Klenick all there, and it's it's a really great time. But uh, anyway, um, I, I, the Ghost Runner just, like, it, it's really, like, it, it makes the game so much shorter, which I understand the MLB wanted to do, because those games end. But it just adds so many more runs to uh, to the games. Like, if a game goes into extras at, like, 1-1 one and one or 2-2, two and two, I think it's more likely that it ends up 5-4 than it does, like, 3-2. to two. Honestly, which which just feels very unbalanced and very weird, and I, I really don't like it, like, at all. I, I actually really hate it. Um, I think it's pretty dumb. But anyway, that is that for the MLB stuff. I think those are the changes that at least I wanted to talk about. But free agency is going to be crazy. Next week will be March Madness, NFL free agency, legal tampering, and then the actual stuff is, I want to say, the 16th or the 17th, which is the middle of the week. And I think the 17th is one. Yeah, the 17th. So it's legal tampering is 14th through 16th. 
and then the 17th is when like technically i guess it starts and that's also the first day of of, of the the tournament or at least it's i think the play-in games are like tuesday and wednesday but the thursday friday is the actual tournament games um and then mlb free agency will still be going on and spring training will be started in an accelerated fashion because we are one two or we're exactly apparently a month away uh or well one week, two week, three. We're four weeks away, really. So less than a month. Twenty eight days. We're twenty eight days away from the start of the regular season, which is April seventh. It is the tenth of March. That is a Thursday from today. So it's gonna be an accelerated spring training. There's gonna be a lot of signings, both the NFL and MLB and March Madness. It's gonna be an insane week of sports. If you care about those sports, which are literally the only sports I care about. Um, I don't really follow the NBA. I care about March Madness because it's a really really fun time for everyone to be involved and just you know I like winning money and I, I do a pretty good job on that. Um, and I love the MLB and obviously I love the NFL. So. Next week is going to be fucking insane. I might have to do two podcasts that week. It's going to be so much fun. Um, probably a shorter podcast, and it'll be by myself too, but still. I'm also taking off, I think, the Thursday, so I can have time to watch and relax and do all that stuff and probably record a podcast or two then. So, should be fun. Okay, that's enough about the MLB and how much I love it and uh, my fictional franchise. Let us move on to the next thing, which is the NFL. The next thing coming up is, uh, I'm just going through all the stuff that happened because it's been a crazy, crazy week. And I don't normally cover breaking news or cover this stuff. I usually just post it on Twitter. You can check out my Twitter at Bacon Games Jesse. You can just check me out there. I do fun stuff on there. I'm really, really good. Um, I'm a great person. But, um, there's just a, so much to talk about and we just have to talk about it. And I'm just going to talk about it. Um, the first thing is the release suspension, which I thought was harsh, especially considering the MLB's, um, you know, I initially thought it was harsh considering the MLB's stance on domestic violence, or I'm sorry, the NFL's, transitioning out of the MLB, we're going to the NFL, uh, the NFL's, you know, policy on domestic violence, um, seems kind of harsh, but, you know, taking a step back and thinking at it, I, I think the real answer there is just, they should be harsher on DV issues, domestic violence issues, and also they need to be really, really hard on preserving the integrity of the game, and the Ridley suspension, I don't know what he bet on, he bet on NFL games, he's on an NFL team, he's under contract, even if he's inactive, that is obviously super, I mean, I think he may have even gotten lucky with only a year suspension, also in the prime of his career, so definitely puts people on notice that you can't be doing that shit, and if you are, dude, just, like, bet in someone else's name, or just bet on a different sport, like, god, like, I don't, the MLB, no one should care, the NFL, I'm sorry, no one should care, and no sport organization should care if they're betting on something that they can't have any effect on, or any insider knowledge, I guess if you're, like, a sports person, you have, like, maybe more, like, context in the MLB world, stuff like that, but you can't, like, really directly influence it any more than, like, say, a famous actor, or, like, you know, an ex-coach, or an ex-something like that, who isn't technically on a roster, they can bet and do all that stuff, so, I would assume that's fine, but yeah, I mean, you don't have to look that far to MLB stuff. You look at Pete Rose's suspension and stuff like that for gambling. Like, although, it was, wasn't it fixing or something like that? Or I don't remember, really. Was it just gambling on the game? I, I don't really remember. Um, Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, so I don't really care. I don't give a shit. But um, that is what the MLB did. And the NFL, giving a one-year suspension, I think is fine. I think, honestly, Ridley got lucky, even though initially I thought it was way too harsh. I think he got kind of lucky. And it just shows that, um, you know, the house always wins. You, you don't usually win when you gamble. <laughs> nah, it's fine. It sucks for the Falcons, though. But does it actually, like, maybe giving Ridley another year off to get his mental straight would be good for him just generally. Um, and then also just having a higher draft pick for the Falcons next year is probably more important too, um, as they maybe will take a quarterback in this draft or move on from Matt Ryan eventually is going to happen. I mean, he could even be traded. We're seeing so many quarterback trades. I don't think it's out of the question to see any of him, him Carr, Garoppolo, definitely Garoppolo, but any of these guys getting traded, but getting a little ahead of myself with the car thing, especially, but yeah, I mean, the really thing sucks for the Falcons. It sucks for him. Um, I hope he's, you know, doing better from whatever he needs to stay, step away from football, from football from, um, I hope he, you know, makes whatever full recovery he needs to and gets back in the game as soon as he can. He's a really talented player and I was out for the first two years and then he broke out and then I was in and then he did this to me. So 
Um, kind of mad at him from a fantasy perspective, but I mean, I hope he's an okay person. He seems like a nice guy. Uh, the suspension, though, in total was, I think, very fine. I really don't think... Um, I think the initial reaction, which I also had, was just wrong, like most initial reactionary reactions are. So I just I just think it was wrong um, to have people think... I think he got lucky. But uh, enough about the release suspension. Let's talk about something more impactful on the total NFL, which is Aaron Rodgers coming back. I don't know what the details of his contract are, because after it came out that it was four years, 200 million, I'm pretty sure that, like, Rodgers himself, which I don't think he normally does, especially on breaking news, came out and said that those those figures weren't accurate. I haven't seen any updated figures yet, so I'm wondering, because um, I don't think he's playing four more years, um, even if that's what they're going to pay him. I, I don't, I just, I don't, I really don't think that's going to happen. Um, but he is a, he is a back-to-back MVP winner, right? I mean, fuck. Uh, there was, there was no way, there were only two options that were going to happen. There were no way they were going to trade him. I mean, we saw what the compensation was for Russ. Can you imagine what the compensation would be for a back-to-back MVP winner? Uh, I mean, Rodgers is better. I mean, for sure. He can make almost any team into a Super Bowl, legit Super Bowl contender. Not that Russ can't, but, um, Rodgers is, is in a different ballpark, like a tier or two, maybe even above Russ, honestly. But anyway, the real thing is Rogers is always going to come back or he's going to retire. Those are the only two options. But the real thing I want to talk about, which I think is more fun, is what is going to happen to Justin Love. Or Jordan Love, sorry. Justin, Jesus Christ. Jordan Love. I loved Jordan Love coming out of um, uh, the draft in 2019? 2020? Was he 2020? He was Herbert's year, I'm pretty sure, right? And Herbert was 2020 with Burrow and everything like that. I hadn't ranked up Herbert, but to be fair, I was definitely too low on Herbert. I will admit that now. I was wrong about Herbert. I still think he might be a little bit overrated. I still think I'm feeling that. Um, and same thing with Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is very overrated, actually. But um, Herbert was making a lot of really good throws and not fucking up as much. And if he continues that, which, you know, if he does it into next year, then I'll be very, very happy with his progression and everything. And I will be very, very much on board with just saying he's, like, a, a, like probably even top five at this point. He's definitely he's my top ten right now. He's I think he's, like, eighth for me, I want to say, something like that. But I have to reassess my quarterback rankings for sure. Um, I, I want to see he's, like, around seventh or eighth for me. He's, I don't I think he's, I don't think he's cracking the top five but I mean if he has another performance here like he did in, in 2021 I, I, I think he, he's definitely top five so we'll see winning on that third year for sure I think it's really important but nevertheless I know I, I go into Justin Herbert and anytime I can um, I, I had a love above him I think love taking the time to sit and marinate and get ready to go I don't care about his one game in Kansas City or in Green Bay, wherever it was, versus Kansas City, where they lost, like, 13 to 10 or some shit like that. I think you could pick out some games in some rookies' careers that, if you just looked at one game, rather than the entirety of their career, which I know Jordan Love has had, but you can definitely pick out worse games than Jordan Love had in his, his rookie debut, for sure. You can absolutely do that. Um, I'm happy he did get some work, though. I'm very happy to see that. I'm, I'm pretty happy that he was able to get out there. Um, I... I He'll be, he's a first round pick, so he'll have a fifth year option, but will he even exercise a fifth year option if he's never really start before? I think the smart move or the most likely move would be for them to, him to be traded at this point, and then for them to just draft another quarterback on Rodgers is gone at this point, because I don't know how much longer you can hang on to him. Um, and I like Jordan Love. I think you can get some pretty good compensation for him. If, I think you can get at least get at least a second round pick. I don't think he'll get a first round pick. Um, I think that's pretty out of the question, just because he hasn't shown anything. Although, I would pay a first-round pick. I, yeah, I would pay a first-round pick. No, I might even pay a first-round pick, because you're going to have to pay him eventually. You don't get him for that rookie year when he's on like the, you know that kind of contract. So, he's probably second, maybe even just a third, which honestly might not be the worst thing anymore. Unless you're the Packers, then just keep him if you think that's like not enough. Which, honestly, if you're only going to offer a third and nothing else, I think I would just hold on to Jordan Love and then just, I mean, uh, wait until, like, the last year of his contract if Rodgers isn't gone, then just send him away maybe at that point for a fourth or anything worse than that. I think that would be totally fine. 
Um, or, you know, maybe he'll get some shots in there if, you know, Rodgers is hurt again, you know, he's pretty old, or if, um, or if they just, like, want to bench Rodgers at the end of the year because they're not, either they're not doing well, which I highly doubt, or they're just so far in the playoffs that they don't even care about anything, like, they're the number one seed, lock that shit up, then we'll see another little bit of Jordan Love, like we did Patrick Mahomes year one, where I'm pretty sure they locked up a, a first-round pick, because I know he played in Denver week 17, the year before he, um, got the full starting job, uh, so... Yeah, I, I just uh, I think it's interesting what happens to Jordan Love. I don't think I don't think the Packers should give up should give him up for too little, which I think they could. But I think he he probably stays put unless he gets paid for the right price. I think they must believe in him. It's the same GM stuff. I assume I don't think they've changed a lot of that stuff recently. Um, so I, I I think it's just pretty easy to just keep him and just let him serve behind Rodgers, just like Rodgers did behind Favre. And uh, you know Rodgers was traded for a first round pick from Atlanta, which seemed like a really weird move at the time. I think because Ro- he didn't have that great of a rookie year, but you know things are things were different back in like 1994, whatever the fuck that happened when I was like a two year old baby. But nevertheless, um, I'll, I'll just say that I think it's I think Jordan Love is the real issue here, and that Rodgers was either going to do one of those two things. I'm very curious to see what happens. My prediction is that he doesn't get traded, at least not this year, this offseason. There are a lot of QB needy teams, but there are a lot of quarterbacks that are still, you know, on the market or are going to be able to be drafted. There's nothing really in free agency besides Jameis or Teddy if you want to take a bridge. Like, I think Teddy might fit in uh, on Indianapolis more than anything else, which is, you know, fine. That's not a big deal. Um, and I don't think that really moves anything. He'd just be a bridge for them to just, like, you know, we're going to take this year, we're going to do a Patriots year with Cam Newton, and we're just going to see if we can maybe get to the playoffs, maybe just do that, and maybe work some magic, whatever. Um, and then after that, draft a quarterback because the draft class is supposed to be better. And if they suck, they suck. And if they make the playoffs, they make the playoffs. Probably won't do a deep run ever with with a quarterback like Teddy at this point in his career. Man, what would have happened if that guy didn't hurt his um and, and like destroy his leg in Vikings training camp? Man, what he could have been, honestly. Uh, remember, I wanted him on the Jaguars when the Jaguars were picking. I think that was the year Bortles went. I think that's when they took Bortles instead, which kill me or Blaine Gabbert, one of those two. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was probably Gabbert. Uh, I don't know, though, actually. I really don't remember, nor do I care. Uh, that was ancient history at this point, right? So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it for Rodgers. Um, there's just... <laughs> now we'll get into the trades. There's a trade a day, so let's get into it. I thought about how to do this trade stuff, like, what am I going to do first? I think we'll just do the breaking things first, rather than go in order. So we're going to do the Cleomac trade first, which, um... Man, I'll just start out with saying all these trades, I really don't feel like there were a lot of losers. Or there were there were losers, I guess, and winners, but they weren't by much. We'll start with the Khalil Mack trade. He went for my understanding is Khalil Mack got traded his entire um his entire contract was getting picked up by Chicago, except what they have to pay in dead money this year for his bonus. Um LA's getting that. LA Chargers, not the Rams. Holy shit, that would be insane. Uh and the well, I think they probably could have afforded it. Because Chicago, from what I understand, is getting a 2022 second round. I saw 2023 a few times, but I'm pretty sure it's 2022 since so this year. And then also a sixth round pick. So the the winner here, I gave the Chargers an A, my instant reaction, and Chicago a B minus. I, I basically I said I you know, it's, it's just really hard to hate on the Chargers when they keep pulling off good moves. Drafting Asante Samuel, um, you know, I think Mike Williams' deal was, like, pretty okay. I gave that one a um, a B plus because I think it's, like, as a two-year deal for Mike Williams coming off that year, I, I think is a pretty good idea. You, you can't go too hard. You can't give him too much guaranteed money, but uh, especially because they only give him 40 guaranteed. That's just a two-year deal, which honestly is fine. Uh, you can't go longer than that. I think he probably wanted more. That's why he got a lot of money. Cause that's a lot of money for a wide receiver. Twenty million. I think I saw somewhere that the Chargers, the first team, have two um, twenty million dollar plus um, wide receivers on their team, but they can afford it while Herbert's under that contract. So it's totally fine. Uh, but yeah, they keep pulling off good moves. I love what they're doing. Um, they are taking on a huge contract for a dude who's thirty-one years old and was hurt last year. 
but they have so much cap space, and they really didn't give up that much draft capital to get him. It's kind of like a perfect fit, even. Like, I don't know if there were a lot of teams that could trade away, like, that kind of capital and also take on that draft hit with his age and his injury history, which isn't that extensive, to be fair, but it is not nothing. I think Mac has at least, like, two more years of him being good, which will be, like, pretty much until Herbert has to be paid, so I think that's, like, totally dope. They could also restructure, too, in the last year of his deal or something like that, where, you know, or, or even after that, because I know there's an out in the Mac deal after this year, and I doubt they do that, because it would just seem weird. Although, with that compensation, if they were to, like, win a Super Bowl or some shit like that, or make a deep run in the playoffs, it might even be worth it if you wanted to cut Mac if you had to, like, pay someone else, you know what I mean? I don't think you have, so whatever, that's fine, but anyway... For the Chargers, obviously it's an instant upgrade. 31-year-old injury history player is okay, but he's still great when he was on the field. He he definitely had double-digit sacks. I mean, I know Quinn had a lot, even without Mac, which is really impressive. He had a more impressive year than Mac, even. So, and that's saying something. Robert Quinn had, like, 20 fucking sacks last year. He was fucking insane, dude. Um, and he should get moved next, too, honestly. But great move for the Chargers. They're in a really tough division. They should have made the playoff probably last year, but they didn't. They couldn't beat the fucking Raiders. Suck on my dick. I don't like rooting for the Chargers, but honestly, at this point... They have such a good team, it's going to be hard not to root for them because they're they're going to be good. <laughs> like, there's just no way. Hopefully, Bosa and Mac, if they stay healthy for the entire 16, 17 games, gee, I'm still in 16 games, if they stay for the entire 17 games, I just don't know. I don't know how you stop those two. <laughs> That's so insane. And the Jaguars play the entire AFC West next year, so I'm super, super excited as a Jaguars fan. Woo! Hell yeah, brother. I'm ready. Uh, fucking kill me. Anyway. Basically, the Chargers like rebuilt last year the offensive line and a little bit of the offense, and then added, kept Mike Williams. Now they're going to do the defensive side, and with the cast base they have, and I, I think with the moves that they're likely to make, um, even adding someone like maybe Bradbury, I saw floated as a as a an, a number one or even a number two behind Asante Samuel would be Chef's kiss. Uh, hopefully, Derwin stays healthy too. That defense would be scary. It just needs to stay healthy. Um, and I think Mac has two good years, like I said. But yeah, good for the Chargers. Great move. I gave them an A. Uh, Chicago, I gave them a B minus. They're in a huge rebuild. They are going to have next year approximately $121 million in cap space. Now, they obviously have a lot of cap space this year. I think it's around $54 million, and they will have to spend on this, uh, on some guys this year because I don't think they have that many players. I want to say they have around like 30 players rostered or, or something like that. Maybe it's like 35 now. So they need to spend some money just to have players to fill this roster out. But man, if you're taking a rebuild and you're, you have a second year quarterback, you've got a, a, a rising star receiver. I would think actually some decent, okay offensive linemen, great cornerbacks in Thomas Graham and Jalen Johnson. The safeties are getting old. The edge rushers are getting old. The interior is gone. You know, uh, 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 what's his name? The defensive tackle. But, oh, Belil Nicholas has gone too, and also Akeem Hicks has gone too, which is fine. He never lived up to that contract because he was always hurt. If he if he wasn't hurt, he would be he would have lived up the contract a billion times. But yeah, a lot of these guys are gone. There's some good parts on there. You get to, you know, bring in honestly as a GM, a new GM and stuff like that, and like um a, a new coach. This is a complete rebuild, and you get to make the roster however you want to, which I think is super dope, super smart for a rebuild. I I feel like they could have gotten more. I may raise this to a B, considering when I think about it, when I sleep on it tonight. Because the P money seems a little low, because they got rid of the contract, which is huge. You need that to rebuild. And they got draft compensation when they don't have a first-round pick this year. So I think that's pretty important, too. And getting draft picks now, honestly, I'm not usually a stickler for, like, um, players being, uh, for, like, getting a draft pick in this year or the next year or the year after. But when you have fields on a rookie deal, I think you want to get guys in there earlier rather than later, I think. Um... So I, I just think that's what it is. But I, I think it's a really good move for the Bears. Get that contract off there. Get Mac out of there. Move Robert Quinn next. Um, you get Cole Komet. You get Daryl Mooney. You get some good offensive linemen. I like Borum. I like uh, Tevin Jenkins. 
I, we'll see about Fields. They have Khalil Herbert, too, who I really like. These are young guys in the offense that can be playmakers in the future, for sure, if Fields, work out, if Fields works out, which I'm still not really convinced of. He showed some stuff, and he showed some really bad stuff, so... Well, well, we'll see where he goes from there. Hopefully a new coach, hopefully a new system, hopefully, you know, some new weapons, Allen Robinson not being mopey, whatever the fuck happened there in, in Chicago. Hopefully we get some new stuff like that. And Daryl Mooney looks really good. I think Cole Komet is already a breakout, too. I'm so ready for the Cole Komet breakout. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm going a little, I'm going a little faster ever like that, but I think B for the, for Chicago, A for the Rams. They're doing different things. It's a good trade for both sides. Chicago cleared up some cap space. They got some draft capital. Ram, uh, the Chargers got better for now and they're ready to do it. I think that's enough said, right? That's pretty good. Um, and what's, Quinn has to be on his way out for sure. He could play another year, but I, I, he's going to get traded before the trade deadline next year, if not traded before the draft this year. So it's going to happen. And there are some teams that should want him. I mean, I think he's got one more deal, year left in his deal. And I really criticized that deal when I signed him, but. He's proved me wrong. The first year wasn't that good. It wasn't bad, though. The second year was amazing. So he definitely, you know, was was worth his weight in gold, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's another foil that we'll look forward to in the future, or we'll look to in the future. Now, let's move on to, um, let's do, yeah, let's do Seattle and Denver. All right. Denver gets Russell Wilson, a fourth-round pick. Seattle gets two firsts, two seconds, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris. Um, pretty clear Denver winner here. Seattle got a lot. Don't get me wrong. But Russ is only 33, 34 years old, I think, when the season's going to start. He only had one injury prone. He only had one injured year, and he came back from that hand injury pretty fast. He was good as long as he wasn't injured. He is going to be, he's a top 10 quarterback. He's a top 10 quarterback. And Denver went from Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, who were outside the top 30 for sure, to a top 10 quarterback. And they got a fourth round pick. They gave up not nothing. Two first rounds, two second rounds. Lock is nothing. Shelby Harris probably won't really be with this team for too long. I, I doubt. I don't think they're going for a quick rebuild in Seattle. Maybe they are. Maybe they can with those, you know, first round picks they have this year. Maybe they take a quarterback and they just go. Um, and, and they get some defensive talent. They still have Jamal Adams. Uh, I think the defense is a little bit of a problem, but maybe Seattle just wants to play hard-nosed defense. And Noah Fant is a really, really good tight end. You're going to have to pay him, though, which is probably pretty decent for Denver to get out there, considering they have a tight end, I assume they like, an Obawale or whatever his name is. Oh, I don't know what his fucking name is, but it's got a really, really lost, long last name. He's from Missouri, which you like, and that's kind of why I feel like they drafted him, but whatever, it's fine. Um, I gave Seattle a C plus. I gave Denver an A. Um, I, I, I do think that people are underestimating how good of a situation a quarterback is going to walk into in Seattle. The offensive line should be a little bit of an issue, but they could address that in the draft too. But he's going to have Fant, Lockett, and DK for the time being. I think Lockett's probably on the move, but as a rookie QB, I mean, you could have a lot of fun there. <laughs> you really could. Chris Carson hopefully comes back healthy. They could just draft a running back in like the fourth round and be fine with it. Um, it could be a decent offense again, honestly. And if they're looking to improve that defense, maybe they want to do a quick rebuild and maybe Shelby Harris will be a part of that. Honestly, the more I look at it, I still think Seattle gets C plus. Um, I could raise it to a B minus, but I won't. Gotta see how they use those picks. I'll see if I like those picks, and that'll really depend on how how it goes. Because I Seattle hasn't had a great track record, I don't think. And um, yeah, the, the, the roster is a little bereft of talent right now. So we'll see. They cut Bobby Ragner, which you know frees up some cap space, which they could use next year when they get rid of all that dead cap from Russ and from, I assume, Wagner had some some dead cap for sure on there. So I think this could be a quick rebuild here like like New England did. Um, but it also, you know, you trade away Lockett maybe, and then you just you settle in for like a two or three year deal and then you'll have to pay DK, which sucks, but you'll probably have a quarterback next year, I assume, if they're doing a long-term thing. Or they could do it this year. Maybe you take a project like Hal or Corral, depending on if you see him as a project or not, or Malik, depending on if you see him as a project or not. 
But they're definitely learning for a quarterback this year. But there's a lot of talent defensively, and I wonder if, you know, Pete Carroll being how old he is and just, you know, I, I assume he wants to win now or he wouldn't be staying there. I, I think this could be a quick rebuild. So, honestly, not that bad for Seattle. I I only gave him a C-plus, really, because I think... I don't know why Drew Locke or Shelby Harris were in this deal. I kind of just feel like it, it maybe hints to a quick rebuild. Drew Locke was just, I don't know, maybe they just wanted like a not quarterback controversy and just get him out of Denver or some shit like that. And maybe Seattle thinks they could do something with him, which I think is asinine and stupid because he's bad, but that is what it is. I would have rather just taken, instead of those guys, I would have rather just taken like a third or a fourth instead of those guys. I, I just, You don't want to pay those contracts, you know? I'd rather just take as, as many draft picks as you can get. Um, but for Denver... Uh, anytime you can ever get a quarterback, especially jumping into like a top 10 or at least top 12 quarterbacks, you do that in a heartbeat. I don't really care what you give up, especially, or only really, when you have a roster like Denver, you give up whatever you need to, to get Russell Wilson. And they did. They gave up a lot. It was a lot of stuff, but I mean, Russell Wilson, I don't think it's a better situation offensively for him because he won't have fan, which would have maybe tipped the scales, honestly. Um, but you'll have, uh, I mean, Jerry Judy. KJ Hamler, uh, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. Uh, those are four good wide receivers. I mean, he had two really good wide receivers in Seattle, but I think Sutton and Judy are going to be two very, very good. I, I, I'm so excited for for Judy. I mean, I want to take, I want to get him everywhere. I'm going to take him in so many drafts. I don't care where he goes. If he goes top fifty, I'll still be taking him. If he goes top thirty. I'll be taking him. Like, Judy, I'm all in on Judy this year. And Sutton, too. I mean, honestly, I think Sutton will be probably at a discount even for... Because he's good, too, and he's on a long contract. I'll take him for whatever he's worth as well. But, yeah, man, I, I'm really, really excited for Jerry Judy with this. And, you know, Denver literally is a Super Bowl contender now. That That's what it took. I mean, they give up Harris, sure. They give up Fant, sure. That really doesn't move the needle when you get Russ. I don't care about the... the they don't have the first-round picks for the next two years. Doesn't matter. They're going to be winning so many games. Uh, and they have to be, or else this will look like a terrible trade. But they're going to. I don't. I believe in Russ, and I believe in that offense. And that team, man. It's a really, really strong defense still. It's a really, really good defense. Um, maybe they can bring back Vaughn, too. I think they still have some wiggle room in terms of the financials, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I, this is just anytime you can upgrade, they're just they're just automatically a Super Bowl team. I don't know what else to say for Denver. They, they get an A, they get Russ, they get a fourth round pick. They're a Super Bowl contender. Doesn't really matter what they gave up. Seattle is probably going full rebuild, but maybe they try a quick rebuild. Really depends on who they pick. I just felt like the Harris thing and the Fan thing was a little weird. Fan is good. Fan's a really good young player. I think people are going to forget about him, but man, it's going to be a fun offense if you get Fant, Lockett, and DK with one of these rookie quarterbacks. Man, I would love to see Matt Corral on this team because I just love Corral. He's my number one quarterback, man. That'd be so much fun, but we'll see. Anyway, C+, plus, maybe B-, minus, and then A for Denver. I, honestly, if Denver gave up three first-round picks, three second-round picks, if they give up four first-round picks, it's getting a little tough there, but a three and three there, I still think would have been an A easily for Denver. Just, I mean, Russ... Has, he's what, like a 28 million cap hit for a top 10, top 15, top 12 quarterback. That is so fucking cheap right now. So unbelievably cheap. I'm pretty sure he's under contract for, I want to say two or three years, but let me check. Russell Wilson contract. Let us check. Um, why? Okay. Thank you, Sport Track. You're my favorite fucking thing ever. Everyone else is terrible at these contracts. I love Spotrack. I was on it with Sport Track, but it's Spotrack. Anyway. Oh, he's got two years on this deal, so that makes sense for the first two round picks, whatever like that, but he's getting paid 24 and $27 million. Like, dude, that's nothing for him. That's nothing for a top quarterback, which is really why it's such it's such a good deal. Seattle had to trade out. I get it. Look, this isn't a bad trade for Seattle. I don't care. It wasn't Just like it wasn't a bad trade 
for uh for Chicago. They are doing different things. These are teams that are meeting each other's needs and just and going from there. And that's exactly how trade should be. No one got fleeced in either of these, even though the grades are wildly different. No one got fleeced here. This is these are fine trades for both sides. I just you know, I, I just think it was such a good trade for Denver, that's so why I give them an A. And I think I'll settle on B minus for Seattle too, because that's a lot of stuff they just have to you know, use it correctly and, and, and have like a vision going forward because I don't know what the vision for Seattle is right now. All right, moving on to the next one. We've got the Carson Wentz trade. Um, we are going to give Carson Wentz... Oh, okay, so I'm sorry. The Washington Commanders got Carson Wentz and his contract, and they also swapped uh, second round picks, and I believe they got a seventh rounder also from Indianapolis. Indianapolis got a third rounder. This year, they swap the second rounders this year as well, and then they get next year's third rounder that can convert into a second rounder based on pretty much the 70% snap stuff, like just like last year. So um, I gave Washington a B minus and Indy a B. I think Indy is the winner here. It was a B minus, B minus initially, and then I switched it to B when I saw they switched second rounders this year and they moved up some spots. I think that could actually be really, really relevant, honestly, really, really relevant. So gave them a little bit of bump there, but just like the other two trades, not as much, but just like the other two trades, I think Indy could be in a small rebuild. Again, take a bridge like Bridgewater uh, for one year and then get back into it with a quarterback next year or draft a quarterback this year and see what you can do. Because I think Indy thinks, and I believe this is probably maybe the case that they have a good young roster. They've got some good young guys like Pittman and, and Taylor under contract, under rookie deals. So you want to get another quarterback in there and then just build around them, which is definitely fair. I think they don't have a first round pick this year, though which is interesting. They could trade into the top half of the first, which I definitely could see them doing, or they'll just take a quarterback next year and do the Bridge-Bridgewater thing, or maybe James Winston-Bridge thing. One of those things. That's definitely another option. It's an option for all these teams, honestly, because Indy, though, compared to um, Seattle and Chicago, definitely is a way better team. Um, just overall, just considering the offensive line, considering the defensive talent. I mean, just Buckner and uh, what's his name? Um, the linebacker, Darius Leonard. Uh, compared to like Chicago's defense, nah, I like Chicago's defense better than I than I think I do. Well, I like Quiddy Pay enough, but eh, I wish Danico Watcher was still on the team. I like him a lot, or Okariki. I like them both. I think Okariki is off the team now, but I could be wrong. I don't like their second. I don't like their secondary at all for for Indianapolis. I think they were a fluke last year. The defense defensively, at least, I think Ibraflus um, must have done some magic there. Must have done some black magic cultist shit because I don't know how they fucking did that uh, with the talent they have. But maybe I need to reassess some of the talent. It's definitely possible. Um, and I'm always looking to just like you know uh, i'm always i'm always looking to fucking oh shit okay sorry i just, I just got a really weird text message <laughs> anyway um yeah so anyway what was i saying yeah basically um indianapolis i don't know it's another it's another weird thing where i don't think this is a long-haul rebuild because i still think they have a pretty talented roster and i think they believe they have a really talented roster that it that is going to get aged or they're gonna have to pay them soon more than the other two guys for sure so I think it's very likely they trade back into the first and do that, but um, I, I don't know. Pickett would be a guy I could see them trading, especially if he falls late into the first, because you want to get a quarterback in the first round, especially because of the fir uh, the fir fifth year option. Like I, you really, really, I think need to do that. I know the draft capital argument, whatever, like that. Maybe not spend a first rounder on that because you just want to take him later. And you don't want to give up stuff to move up that far, but I think that's super, super worth it. Even if you have to trade like a first from next year, in addition to like your second from this year, to get a first quarterback. And if you're trying to get a quarterback this year, I think it's just so worth it. It's just unequivocally worth it. So, yeah. Um, Indy gets some picks. They think the Carson Wentz experiment was a bust, which I don't really agree. I think he had a fine year. Um, he wasn't good. He wasn't winning you games. Tarleton Taylor was winning you games, which is fine. I think you could have let him off the leash a little bit more, but he wasn't good. He was, he's a middle-of-the-road quarterback, which is fine. He's just a middle-of-the-road quarterback, which if you're Indy, 
you probably think you just need to to a better quarterback because I don't think the defense is strong enough for them to consider them just like a quarterback away like Denver type thing. And then Denver got a way better quarterback than Carson Wentz, but still. Anyway, it'll be interesting. I think these quick rebuilds are, de rebuilds are definitely possible. Less of a quick rebuild for Chicago, but more more in line for, I think, what Seattle maybe wants to do, considering they got Shelby Harris and they still have Jamal Adams under contract, and it doesn't look like they're trading Lockett. If they trade Lockett, it's definitely more than just a one-year rebuild, but that is what it is. Um, now, so I gave them a B. I think they're the winner, just slightly. Now, I gave Washington a B-, minus, um, because I, I don't know what the fuck is going on on NFL Twitter, but... The amount of people saying that Carson Wentz isn't an upgrade over Taylor Heineke makes me want to shoot my fucking brains out, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, uh, Heineke or any quarterback on Washington has never, ever even come close to as good of a year as Carson Wentz had last year. And that's not even talking about what Carson Wentz has done in the past. I... It's insane. In every so I, I I linked this on Twitter. Um, Wentz was better than Heineke in almost every advanced stat on Pro Football Reference um, that I checked. I think the only thing they were a little bit different is, or they were close to, was actually bad passes um, or bad pass percentage, which was interesting to me because Wentz was way higher than Heineke in on target percentage. So that's an interesting one. But that was the only one where they differed. But Wentz is higher in everything. He was higher in. Um, it was less time for him to throw. It was, or, yeah, it was less time for him to throw. Not by much, though. It was like a few things apart. But, um, completed air yards, air yards downfield, less screen yards, um, uh, the on-ball accuracy and stuff like that, um, his lack of turnovers, uh, or his turnovers compared to Heineke's, but, so there's that. Wentz was also, Wentz was also ranked 10 places higher on PFF than Heineke. Wentz had seven interceptions, Heineke threw 15. Just, just tell me, fucking tell me, how, how Wentz wasn't clearly an upgrade over Heineke. I, I just, I don't understand. And I love, man, I really do love this Washington roster. I mean, there, there are some holes, and I did talk about this with one of my buddies, very good buddy, recently, about this, but there are some holes on the Washington team, but not, not too many. <laughs> really not too many. We can go through them. I love the offensive line. Cosme, Sheriff's probably gone, but I like Rie, who's uh, a center. Eric Flowers, so I know people are going to be like, especially Giants fans will be like, Eric Flowers, what the fuck, he's terrible. He hasn't been terrible since he left the Giants. Sorry, he's a guard. They played him a tackle, I'm pretty sure. He was playing out of position or whatever. I just remember that. I wasn't as closely into football as I am now, but he's found his way into a pretty good guard. He was a good guard for the, the Jaguars or, or someone else who had him recently. I don't think it was the Jaguars, but someone who ever had him before Washington. He was actually playing really well. And they have Charles Leno Jr., who is a little bit older for sure, but I do like him. This is not a bad offensive line. Definitely a little bit of a downgrade from Indy, but they still gave um, Heineke a lot of time to throw, so Wentz will get a lot of time to throw, too. Tyron McLaurin is better than Pittman at this point in their careers? Sure. I, I, I'll say that, sure. This is the best quarterback that Tyron McLaurin has had by far, uh, as well, too, so stock up there. Um, but I really like Pittman. Uh, and Pittman was so efficient last year, too, especially with Wentz throwing the ball. It can be notoriously inaccurate, but they got McLaurin, they got Humphreys, they got Samuel. They've got other guys like Sims, who I still like him, Sims. There are other, you know, guys like that who I like. You know, they got, uh, not Ian Thomas, what's it? Logan Thomas, who is going to be, you know, the, um, I, I'm pretty sure still the tight end there. They got Antonio Gibson, who is going to be able to catch the ball now that JJ McKissick is likely gone and not coming back. Um, I doubt he would come back, but maybe he is. He's a very good running back, though. I'll say that. Um, but that's a really good offense. I, I don't, I don't know how you can say that's a bad offense. Maybe not really good, but definitely an upgrade over what they had last year, a thousand percent. And then on defense, they've got two great edge rushers who were hurt last year or were suspended last year. No, Sweat was hurt, and also Young was hurt. He was on the IR. They've got two really good edge uh, edge guys. Jonathan Allen and Jerome Payne played insane out of their minds last year, and they've always been really, really good. Then they've got Jackson and Fuller on the outside corners. Jackson had a little bit of a disappointing year coming over from 
Cincinnati, but usually, you know, it's it's one year and then you come back to it. They got Quinn Dunbar in the slot, Kyle Fuller. It's Kyle, it's Kyle Fuller, right? Or is it Kendall? Which one is it? Kendall or Kyle? Sorry, I'm looking. Kendall Fuller, who's been a lockdown corner for the past like three years, especially with Sweat and Young going at it. Um, the, the the linebackers are bad. Jim and Davis or whatever was a terrible, horrible reach of a pick. I hated that. But I like Cameron Carl and I like McCain on this team, honestly. Um, there, there's some pretty good players here. I think Ionitis has finally gone from this team, which is a little frustrating, but that's okay. They also have Benjamin St. Juice, who I do really like. I liked him coming out of college. I'm a big fan of that. Um, is Ionitis still on the team? It looks like he is, and he's only 28 years old, so I, I wonder if he's still going to be at the team next year. I'll, I'll have to check that out, but yeah, I also like Shaka Tony, too. Uh, there, there's uh, William Bradley King is okay. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. I didn't like him, but there's some guys that I recognize on this roster for edge guys besides Sweat and Young. Obviously not Sweat and Young, but you know, they didn't give up a first-round pick. They still got a first-round pick this year. You know, maybe add to the offensive line. Maybe they want to take a wide receiver. Maybe they want to go defense linebacker. There's some really good ones in the draft. I, none of this would be wrong. Maybe take a safety because there are a lot. Well, they're also, I mean, they're releasing Landon Collins, which is fine. He needs to play linebacker, I, I, but that contract is also really bad. So I think it's a really deep safety class. So I think there's 12 that I really like that could start pretty much anywhere. I'm uh, not anywhere, anywhere that's needy enough. So I think they can improve the secondary if they wanted to do that, um, which I think would be important for sure, at least in the safety position. There's a lot of good here is what I'm saying for, um, for Washington, and I think they're a quarterback away from being a contender, or from at least being a playoff team, and they definitely got a quarterback that's going to get them in the playoffs. Easy, easy, Washington makes the playoff this year. There will be a lot of haters, and I saw a lot of dumb shit on Twitter, which means I'm definitely, definitely putting in that prop when it comes out. We're taking Washington. They're going to make the playoffs. And whatever the win total, as long as it's not over 10, if it's if it's 9.5 or lower, we're taking that easy money. Easy, easy money for Washington next year. So... Yeah, that covers the trades. Now let's move on to some other fun stuff. Yeah, so I'll quickly go over, like, the tags, I guess. Um, Jesse Bates, no-brainer, super smart, great job. That's an easy one. Njoku, too much, but, I don't know, 10 million for Njoku seems kind of weird. Uh, Schultz also makes 10 million. feel like that's way too much, too, but they really must believe in him, and uh, not the other guy, so that's fine. Uh, Devontae Adams, based, smart, tagged, if keep him around as long as Rodgers can. I mean, I'm sure that was a condition for him coming back, uh, probably, and not retiring, so. Great job there. I was smart. Cam Robinson, this one we'll get back to. Orlando Brown, obviously, had to tag Orlando Brown. You were going to trade for him and let him go. Um, tagging Gusecki is also smart, because I think you'd have to pay him around that to keep him. I assume they're going to get a long-term deal, but, yeah, that's just, um, that's just, he, he's a slot receiver, um, who could also play tight end, who's a really, really good athletic, uh, Tight end. If they get someone who can block, give, give Tua some time, he's going to explode with weapons he has in Miami. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, and the Buccaneers use a tag on Godwin. That was good. That was smart. They can't get a long-term deal done, which sucks. Um, and I would like to have, I mean, if I'm Tampa Bay, I would really like to have him and Mike uh, Evans catching the ball next to each other for as long, as long as possible, for sure. So, yeah, that would be that'd be good for them. But I mean, maybe they just take this year and see what they have the quarterbacks. And then maybe they consider trying to do a rebuild too, because they're losing, losing some offensive linemen. You know, the, they're losing Carlton Davis. It looks like uh, they lost Tom Brady, obviously they don't have a quarterback, but they do. It's Kyle Trask. He's going to be good. We'll see what they do. I think they're maybe just waiting to see what Trask is like, which I I'm, I'm in favor of because, uh, I, I love Trask. <laughs> He's going to be really good. So we'll, uh, we'll have to check that out. Um, wow. The MLB lockout ended on the 69th day of 2022. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, let's talk about the Cam Robinson tag. Second straight season, and he's getting paid $16 million. I think Cam gets a little bit of a bad rap. Um, I'd be pretty comfortable with having Cam and Walker Little as the two tackles going into next year, honestly. Uh, we The Jaguars don't have any guards 
that I are good. I mean, Chatley, I guess, can play guard, but I'd rather have him as a backup that I can play anywhere. He'll probably play safety when uh, Linder, turns out, can't play all of his games, which is very frustrating to me, but that's okay. Um, I, I mean, I would be very... So this, this is just one thing. This kind of signals, I think, that the Jaguars probably aren't going tackle... Considering we still have Juwan, uh, Juwan, the Juwan Taylor, who I don't like, and he was a second round pick, supposed to be a first round pick. He's kind of been a bust if he was a first round pick, but the second round, a little less so. He's been, he hasn't been good. I'd still like to see him get some action if he can. So I think we have three tackles that I'm pretty okay with, or the Jaguars have three tackles. Drafting another one would be a little weird. Uh, I guess you could play Evan Neal at guard? Ugh, it seems like a waste. I don't think you want to move Cam to guard, especially if you paid him on the franchise tag for, for a tackle. Um, I, I think this lends it to being probably an edge rusher at some point, because I think Chase on is a bust. I don't like calling guys a bust after two years especially only, but I I he's bad. And honestly, having him as a third rotational guy like we had Fowler when, or like the Jaguars had Fowler when they went to the twenty seven in the twenty seventeen season isn't the worst thing in the world at all. He's not as good as Fowler was back then, especially getting the quarterback. Um but yeah, I wouldn't mind having Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. I think I prefer Thibodeau um on the outside with with uh, Josh Allen, who I think is a little overrated too, but he's still a very good player. What is interesting to me is that I was reading on PFF that Icky did play guard in 2019, or 2016, or 2019, yes, or 2020. He played it a lot. I think maybe even 2020. He played it before this year, so yeah, it was 2020, whatever. Um, if Icky can play guard, and I think he's been pretty bad at past that, so putting him at guard might actually better. He's a mauler in running games, apparently. Um, I haven't looked at the film as closely as I'd like to yet. I've only just, like, barely scammed over the first round. I forgot, barely done that, so whatever. But anyway, we have, sorry, so I think this signals the Jaguars probably taking an edge outside guy or whatever like that, but if Icky can play guard, he's definitely in, in the in the process for the Jaguars uh, taking him there, and they can also put him at tackle if they don't like little at tackle there, he's not ready or some shit like that, and if they don't like Jawan or one of these guys are hurt or something like that, they can move him around for sure, and the Jaguars do need guards. There's a pretty good guard market out there, too. You know, if we, if we don't get Tyron Armstead, would you get Tyron Armstead? You can take any of the tackles off the board, for sure. We're not taking another fucking tackle. Although, to be fair, Doug Peterson does like to build in the trenches. I think Balky probably does, too. And I also love to build in the trenches, which is why I love Doug Peterson so fucking much. Taking that many tackles would just be a waste of, of cap space. It's just a waste of cap space. It, it just, it, you're probably going to pay Tyron Armstead close to $20 million a year, probably, right? So paying Cam 16 and then having Walker a little there, too, just... There's no way you draft a guy. There's no way you draft a guy by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah, that'd be... Uh, be pretty dumb, but it's interesting to see if he can play guard, and we don't get a tackle in the in the offseason that we that is going to be a starter caliber dude. Um, he's definitely a guy who can play there, and he can play tackle too. I think that's the position he should play, from what I understand. But he can also play guard apparently. So yeah, that's it for the tags. Not too much to talk about there, I don't think. Uh, yeah, not really much to talk about there. So moving on to do the final thing here, pretty much. I think the final thing here. Maybe we'll do a little bit of my updates on who I'm like drafting and stuff, or who, I'm not sorry, who I'm drafting, um, well, you know, where I'm at in the draft process, but I think we'll just do free agents. Um, basically, I just want to talk a little bit about my, like, top 10, and, um, I'll just read it out. I have Turner Armstrong, my number one, Marcus Williams, my number two, JC Jackson, three, Al Robinson, four, Brandon Scherf, five, Ryan Jensen, six, Stefan Gilmore, seven, Alex Kappa, eight, a lot of, uh, I'm sorry, I'll say the next one, Carlton Davis, nine, it's a lot of Tampa Bay guys there, Von Miller, ten. So my top 10, I can go a little bit longer. We got Trent Bound at 11, Chandler Jones at 12, Jadavian Clowney 13, Connor Williams at 14, Juju at 15, Austin Corbett at uh, 16, another Tampa Bay guy, I think, right? Corbett was a guard, right? I'm pretty sure. Calais Campbell 17, Ben Jones, uh, center from 
He's a little bit old, 33, but a center from Tennessee. Uh, Melvin Ingram, who still has a lot of uh, pop there. And then Marcus Mann. That's my top 20. Um, I think this this draft and this free agent class are very much similar in that there's some really good top-tier talent like Armstead, Williams, Jackson, Robinson, Scherf, Jensen, Gilmore. Maybe Kappa, Davis, Vaughn, Trent, but a little bit a little bit shakier after you get after you get past Gilmore, I think. Um, same thing with the draft, but then, uh, yeah, there's a lot of top 10 talent, I, I, you know, at not the most crucial positions, like, they're pretty much just guards, uh, I mean, it's, well, I mean, it's, uh, sorry, tackles, like Taron Armstead, or safety, like Marcus Williams, or Kyle Hamilton, or, you know, Taron Armstead, or Icky, or, um, uh, Cross, maybe even, or, uh, or Evan Neal, and there's Alan Robinson, you can think of Olave in the top 10, something like that, or Garrett Wilson, I don't know, whoever's gonna be there, Jason Jackson, a cornerback, you can think about Sting Stingley, um, Scherf is a guard or whatever like that. I don't know where you think, um, you know, uh, Tyler Lindelbaum's going to go, but he can play guard and he might go up there. Uh, Jensen, there obviously Gilmore and other, you know, cornerback could be like a sauce gardener type thing. Anyway, there's that, but there's a lot of guys in the middle that I've ranked on like, you know, like anywhere from really where I started, like 20 to like, I don't know, 50, maybe even like 60 or 70, where there's a lot of good players here that I really like. Just some names that I'm going to pick out real quick where I really like. Dwayne Brown at 21, Eric Fisher 22, uh, Futasi, Fulusano Futasi, the guy from um, the Jets. Uh, he is 25, Quandre Diggs 27, you know, Morgan Moses 28, Bobby Wagner's a free agent. I like Cornelius Lucas, Josie Jewell, who's, there's some really good linebackers out there, although the reason he's ranked so low is mostly because, you know, it's just because of they're linebackers. Odell Beckham, Michael Gallup, DJ Chark, Will Fuller, you got Melvin Gordon and Leonard Fournette, who aren't shouldn't be like, you know, top tier guys or anything like that. But these are very these are very good starting capable running backs. Melvin Gordon gets a bad rap because people love Javante, and I love Javante too. My number one running back in that class, remember. I um there's just a lot of guys here. Bryce Callanan, Jerry, uh, Jerry Hughes, Dante Jackson, Terrell Edmonds, Akeem Hicks. You know, there's a good mix of guys who have a lot of potential, I think, here, and, like, older guys who, who can be, go on a team that is going to, like, try and win now. You know, like, Lenval Joseph, Andrew Norrell, um, probably even, like, Steve Nelson, you know, Sonny Michelle, uh, you know, the running backs, like I said before. Maybe even Hassan Reddick. I love Char Ward, Charvavius Ward, man. He's going to be so good. McCourty, you know, is out there. Bobby Wagner, Morgan Moses. A lot of the tackles are a little bit older, but they're still very, very good, very serviceable at least. Um, and that's down to like the sixth or seventh tackle. So I think it'll be an interesting free agent class. I don't have too many predictions because I don't like doing that for agency. There's just so much going on. I'll do it for the draft. And I'll do mocks for the draft, but yeah, I, I'll do it after free agency. After free agency is mostly settled. I think anything before free agency, mock drafts are just fucking useless. Unless they're coming from inside sources who got a lot of stuff at the combine that I think they're using in their drafts, which is definitely possible. But, you know, teams will adjust needs in the fucking draft or in, in free agency. And it'll wildly alter what we're going to see you know, coming out of the draft and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I don't like making predictions there, especially for draft stuff, but uh, I don't like making predictions for agency because it's just, it's too wild. I, I don't know. I feel like it's just a wasted exercise, really. Um, yeah, I just think it's a waste, of a waste of time, really. But there's a lot of good free agencies out there. Um, I really, you know, it's just I'll point out some guys I really like. Carlton Davis is probably higher on here than most people. Um, I still think Jadavion County is an exceptional guy. He should get like a four-year deal. Some teams should just wrap him up and keep him for four years. He's still looking for that deal. Maybe he's just looking to do one more and then, you know, see what he can get, like maybe on a two or three after that. Um, Juju is permanently underrated. The entire just uh, Tampa Bay offensive line is going to be in free agency, and they were the best unit in football probably last year. Um, I do really like, and I love Will Fuller. I think he's even low for me a little bit here. I mentioned Josie, who I really like. Um, Zacharis is my top tight end in this thing. So there's a lot of, um, linebackers that I mentioned that I really like, uh, besides, oh God, I'm just naming so many names. Alexander Johnson. I really, really like, um, 
let me just go by. I have him ranked by position. Um, yeah, I really like, yeah. Bob Wagner, Joseph Jewell, Devontae Campbell, Alexander Johnson, Leighton Van Der Esch. Um, Olkun, Felice Olkun, I think he had, like, the second most tackles ever in a season. Dante Hightower, Anthony Barr, KJ Wright, Kazir White. These guys are not bad. They just don't really play at a premium, premium position, so they're not ranked super highly on my, like, free agent list, but... Um, you know, I'll be, what I'll, what I'll do is, you know, I just give you a little bit of a taste. You can check out the stuff on the website, which is baconggamesfantasysports.com. You know, there's a link on my Twitter. You just go to Twitter, which is at baconggamesjesse, by the way. You just click on, uh, the affiliate link there, or the link there that I have is baconggamesports.com. It's super fun. You should check me out. I will be doing, I'll be putting it on the website and I'll be doing it on Twitter. I'm going to grade every single free agent signing that I see come across my table. Um, all the big ones, obviously, and as many of the little ones as I can, especially for guys that I like that are in my top 125. Uh, probably all these guys will get signed. I don't know if they will, but I'll have a grade for all of them by the end of it, for sure. I also have a top 50 offense that you can check out too, and a top 50 defense. Spoiler alert, there were um, more defensive players on my top uh, 120 list than there were offensive players. I think there's a little bit of bereft of talent too, especially the positions of like import, like um, there's some really good tackles and some really good guards, but that kind of runs out a little bit. And then you're left with, you know, running backs who are good wide receivers who, you know, there's a top wide receiver there for sure. And there's a few ones that are like, yeah, whatever some guards, but they get a little bit old too. Um, and, and you know, the tight end class isn't very good. Running backs don't really matter. There's like no quarterbacks that I really care about except for maybe Jameis, maybe, maybe, or Teddy Bridgewater as a bridge, maybe, maybe. Defense, there's a lot more. I think they think there's a good mix of veterans and young talent, um, and then also talent you can just take a chance on that, like Jabril Peppers or um, Witherspoon or Levi Wallace or Leighton Vander Esch or Sidney Jones, who I fucking love. Xavier Wins, Sean Elliott, uh, another in my safety class. I said it was super deep. Jacob Martin's another guy who I really like, who's ranked a little bit low probably, but um, he was a really good defensive and got to the. I remember watching film for Houston. He was one of the only guys that popped out there. Randy Gregory, I think people are higher on than I am, but um, he's still probably an okay option out there. Um, yeah, that's just like my little free agency preview, but you can check it out in written form. I just think it's easier that way. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was gonna talk a little bit about my draft process, but I'm still just doing quarterbacks. Matt Corral's my number one. I think Malik is my number two. Sam, uh, Howell is my number three. And then after that is Pickett and then Carson Strong, I think, but maybe Ritter will get in front of him. I don't really fucking know. Um, that's gonna be turned. I'm doing running backs now. I just finished my Kenneth Walker stuff, and I was wholly unimpressed, especially that Michigan game. He looked terrible. I, I saw PFF graded him as one of their best, uh, as one of his best rushing games, and that is fucking stupid. He had a horrible game. He had three good touchdown runs that were just huge holes that he just ran through. It was good speed. He's got some good speed. He makes some good cuts, but half those runs were just him running into the line, having no vision, doing a Leonard Fournette impression, and that's fucking terrible, so... Yeah, um, I actually think his comp might be Leonard Fournette, though. He, he probably has better vision and better cutting. I'm going to have to reassign that. But if you just watch the Michigan tape, like, just watch the whole thing. He he looks really bad there. Um, and, you know, as he got softer opponents and as the offensive line opened up a little bit, it was the offensive line of Michigan State was very, very hit or miss, though. There were some really, really good blocks there, and he just found these huge holes. Um, and then there was also some really, really bad stuff. But his film just looked better as he played bad opponents like Rutgers and Northwestern and stuff, um, which is worrying, I think, for him. He's t- maybe, maybe in my top five. Maybe not. It's it's definitely some worrying film there. So that's the one thing I guess I could make note of as an update for where I'm at with my scouting stuff. I'm doing Isaiah Spiller tonight, and uh, that should be interesting because I think he he's it's either him or Brees Hall is gonna be my number one. So I, I can feel it now. I think it's gonna be Brees, but we'll see. But anyway, thanks for stopping in. This is a good solo podcast. Got a lot of stuff done. Got a lot of things I wanted to talk about in. And um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Um, I I I want to do like 
every two weeks, but I think I'll probably just do every week because especially in the next upcoming weeks, there's going to be free agency stuff for baseball and football. Like I said, I might do two podcasts in a week. And if I do that, maybe I'll skip to next week. Um, and then it's really going to start getting closer to draft time and I really have to fucking hit that shit hard. And it's also getting closer to baseball season where, you know, I do do a baseball preview stuff on the website. I'm not sure if I'm going to read that out for the podcast, but I might, but that's just some show updates. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope you have a good weekend, uh, and good week. And I really hope you're excited for next week. Cause that is going to be hell a lot of, on a fucking sports going on, bro. Hell yeah. All right. Peace. Thanks for listening to the bacon games podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BGF sports and be sure to tune in next time.